0: Yo, what's going on, family? This is your boy, Josh, and you are tuning in to the podcast, Just a Kid from Gary, a podcast that highlights individuals that grew up in Gary or cities like Gary are doing amazing things within their community, and also a podcast that inspires others around the globe to achieve their dreams and then make them a reality, and today I have a very special guest. I have a very, very interesting one before I even tell you who it is. I think that is important to know that this person has been doing some amazing things within their community, our community at that, being a beacon and a light, um, really transforming um, their story into a completely positive, you know what I'm saying, outlook. And today I have the very talented, the very motivated Aaliyah Stewart. Aaliyah, how are you today?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Like I told you earlier, I'm excited about this conversation um this has been one that we have been we had it in the pipelines for a while to be honest It's just that you know this is the perfect time that we've been able to get to it so i'm I'm really looking forward to uh you know saying casting your your story onto the audience audience that I have and even the audience that you have that maybe haven't heard something yet you know I'm really excited about that, but right before we kind of get into you know saying the meat and potatoes of this conversation, go ahead and let everybody know. Uh, 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 give, a, give, give us a quick bio of you and, and what you're doing.
1: Well, first give an honor to God because um, without God, I'm nothing. My name is Aaliyah Stewart and I'm the founder of the ASW Foundation. Hashtag I am them, which is a nonprofit organization. I started my freshman year of high school in honor of my two brothers, Anthony White and James Anderson that was killed due to gun violence. So basically what the ASW Foundation does We mentor young people and we just basically focus on building a new horizon in Gary where young people can rise up and take things that they went through and understand that God gives you a test. But your test doesn't have to define your life, but it becomes your testimony um, to help your potential and your purpose expand in life.
0: Wow. Wow. (laughs) Now, you started that how long ago?
1: 2014. I was 14 years old. 2014,
0: you was 14 years ago, 14 years old. And you started something that literally is transforming lives. I'll tell you this. Let me just give you the quick uh, uh, scope that I have been looking at. I've been looking at. What I've been looking at is someone that is passionate. Someone that is is um, is a leader, a true leader. Um, and someone that is an action-driven person. See, I, I'm familiar with people that talk a good game. But it's 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 a it's a better it's better when you have somebody that's making and, and, and you know uh creating receipts. And so with that being said, um, you know, let's get, let's dive right into it. So you started this this uh nonprofit uh ASW um and um after doing research and looking at it, it was basically built off of, you know what I'm saying, the tragedy that you had faced at an early age. If you can walk me through the psychological, like fight that you had to have in order to just, you know, to say, Hey, I'm going to do something amazing. You know, I had this crazy situation happen to me and it's very unfortunate, but walk me through that. Cause you know, and, and just to get, to get to where I'm at, how I'm thinking, you know, people go through these type of situations. It's unfortunate, but they do. And so, um, being able to tap into what you tapped into, I find that phenomenal.
1: thank you, first of all. um, I can say psychologically like what I had to go through really trusting God, I was seven, when my brother Anthony was killed, he was sixteen, I was seven, my brother James, I was thirteen, he was twenty, so it felt as if like when James was killed, not even when James was killed when Anthony was killed, I was seven, but I had James. So never saying that either one could replace each other or anything like that, but I had someone to be a big brother. Um, I had someone to be there for me and help me do chapters of my life. Anthony was there for the most important parts of my life of the first five years, me learning how to tie my shoes, how to talk, how to say what I want, things like that. And James was there for the chapter of growing into puberty and changing and going through middle school and getting ready for high school. So he was there for that important stage of my life. And so with going through those things and finally getting to high school, James was killed in 2014. So that was the first year of my my high school um, experience. And he did not make it to see me go to high school. And he didn't make it to give me that advice of, hey, this is what high school is going to be like. Lay your outfits out, you know, things like that. So having to go through losing both of them um, and losing loved ones to gun violence as well during that time, Mm -hmm. I just had to trust God and really see that it was something that I had to go through in order to let my potential push out. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes, things happen and we go through things and as humans, we use it to handicap us. So for me, I didn't want to let me losing my brothers, my trauma, things that I was going through hinder me and grow up and be like, well, I act like this because this happened. I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to be a person where I got to express my testimony that God gave me, Mm -hmm. the the flesh and the anointing and, and everything that was going on and I had going on. But I wanted to teach young people that you can go through something. But it doesn't define you. Yeah. It doesn't make you. It doesn't it, it can break you though.
2: Yeah.
1: But it doesn't make you. And sometimes God has to break you down to the lowest point of your life to build you up to be the greatest.
2: Mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to build
1: you up to reach the peak in your life that you have to reach. So for me, I just had to be like At some points you like, why me?
3: Yeah. Definitely. Like,
1: what did I do? You right. know? And then in idea. other points from a more spiritual standpoint of it, how can you ask God why me when He gave His only begotten Son?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like, what do I like? What do I owe? Like, what does He owe me? Right. And He gave His Son that I should have life and have it more abundantly. Right.
2: Um.
1: So just understanding and having that gift that my mother gave me at the the youngest age of my life and the greatest gift is knowing God. So having that. And understanding that and every day wasn't easy I yeah. still have my days um, my brother's birthday is tomorrow okay and it's another year um it's another another year that we celebrate but we celebrate life with him not being here yeah um so I still cry like it happened today yeah. before like, I still cry and that's what people don't know
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and that's why I love podcasts like this because with people from my hometown because it's kind of like you understand you know so I can be more honest and open about the situation but I still cry
2: yeah
1: like it just happened I still have my days where it's like I want to do this so I don't want to deal with this um I wish I could just scratch that and just have them you know Mm -hmm. I still have my days and some people understand some don't but it's my reality Mm.
2: Um, Mm. and
1: and that's the thing when something (laughs) becomes your reality a lot
0: of people don't understand it. That's true. That's true. A big part of everything that you said, I think, that is really dyna- dynamic is, um, you know, channeling everything that God has put you through in order to, you know, use that as a light. Um, I, I think that's outstanding. You know, I, I uh, did my research and I was just looking at some of the conversations you had with guest host or uh, or, you know, other big, uh, larger platforms to, you know, saying, uh, at least, uh, be an advocate for what you're doing. And I realized that even in those moments, you show a resilient of strength, of, of integrity. Um, you represented your family really well. And I think that that's a great example. I think that, you know, you're doing a fantastic job of being that example for people from our city. You know, um, how I look at it is we produce some of the best people in the world. Um, or at least Gary does. We, we did, we created, or we established, you know, the Jackson's five, we, we created them. They, they are a beacon of what we do and, and we, but we live hard lives, you know, um, we go through some hard things in life and, you know, um, I have nothing to relate to you, to be honest, like, as far as like your situation, literally, I, the the craziest thing is I've seen other people you know in those situations, but never a family member you know, and so I I really think that what you have done has been uh, a way to shape you know your outcome because you know I, I was thinking about it most young people know that that happened too because even me like watching it I I I wanted to be a vigilante I'll tell you this I had a friend of mine who um, in high school he he uh, threw some retaliation gang stuff. He ended up getting shot and killed. His cousin's then went and, you know what I'm saying, vigilante, hey, we're going to avenge our cousin's death, you know what I'm saying, homie can't die like this, literally went and, you know what I'm saying, did whatever. You know, we won't mention no names, obviously. But um, I just think that, like, that just takes, like, what you had took a level of strength. Well, I, I really, I'm really, it's profound. Like, I, I you was it the support system you know, was it just church? Like, really, really give us a, a, a good perspective. That's what I want, a full perspective of, of of how you've been able to. And like you said, it's a constant, constant thing for sure. But, yeah. I can
1: say it had a mixture to do with, first, God giving me the strength. Yeah. And support. I have a very supportive family. I have a very supportive mother. Yeah. Um, so having those things, but even when I couldn't turn to my mom to talk to my mom, because it's even, if it's hard for me, it's even harder for her. Yeah. Right. Um, so for me, I can say having my support system, but number one, knowing that when I, I can't turn to my mom, my family, my favorite cousin, favorite, you know, anybody, I I have to turn to God. And at those darkest times, because even with having family, your family moves on. Yeah, <laughs> Your family goes on. Yep. People move on with their lives. Your fam- your family members, friends, you know, people move on with their lives. And, and it's like, you're stuck there because that's your reality. Yeah, You know?
2: Yeah. It,
1: it was my reality. It's my mom's reality. It's still our reality to this day. So, some people might not understand, like, hey, why do you still cry like it just happened? Yeah. This happened. For Anthony, it would be this is 2020, 2013 years. James was six years. And some people can't understand. Why do you still cry like it just happened? Because it's not their reality.
0: That's true. That's true. You know, I heard you say in one of your either, I think it was either in one of your, uh, um, someone was interviewing you or you were given a presentation. I think this is the one you was given a presentation. You said, you know, when you lost your brother, in some way, shape, or form, you lost a piece of your mother. I want you to expound on that because, you know, I don't think people realize how hard that is. When you lose someone to gun violence at an early age, what that does to the full entire family.
1: <clears throat> Why I say that is because my mom, like as a kid, I had everything a kid can want material wise, but just having to watch her, you know, bear her child and things like that, a part of her love was on hold. You know, it was something that she was experienced. You know, it's not a word that you have for. A mother that has to bear her child, that's true. Never have a word for that that's true, so the love was not as it could have been,
2: mm-hmm. but that
1: was only because her heart was hurting, her yeah. heart was aching, something that she nurtured and cared for and 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 loved on and tried to protect and give a better life. You know, we moved from Gary to Maryville, had a very nice house, very nice life, yeah. So again, reality knocked on my door and they checked us. And it was like, what have you know, my brother was never in trouble. He wasn't a fighter. He played sports. He was, like, you know, a ladies man. Why yeah. did this happen? So for us, my mother just watching her go through it, I honestly can say it made me the person I am. Yeah. Because I got to watch her and what some would think was her lowest but it's really when she was being her
0: strongest. Strongest. Yeah. I can I can see that. Especially during that time period. She has to put on the the right uh equipment. The armor of God. That's that's
2: <laughs> yeah. literally
0: that's what I was literally thinking. She has to put on yeah. the, literally the armor of God in order to deal with that situation. And then because in some way, shape or form, you know, she was still being she was a mother to you, you know. It's just that yeah. she just she just had to in her own way deal with that situation. Um I, man I like I said once again I take my hat out to you and your family and especially what what y'all what you're doing and what you guys are doing for our city is phenomenal you know um mm-hmm. I I want to get into the bones of you know I am them <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh stop the violence uh and 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 that but I you know I want to ask you in your opinion what do you think the cause of gun violence and violence in our city? Like, what do you think that is? Why? Why, why, why do we see that? <clears throat> I know it's a complicated question, but we got as young people, we got to be it's talking about this. I love it. Let's hear it. It's, it's Let's not
1: complicated it. for me. Um, what do I think is the cause of gun violence in our city? A lot of young people are lacking their own identity. They don't know who they are. Um, you have I'm beefing with Eastside because my my friend beefing with Eastside, but my friend don't know why he beefing with Eastside, so, but his cousin beefing with Eastside. Yeah. So his cousin said because we all cool and we be together, we all got to beef with Eastside. Yeah. So <laughs> no one really knows the reasoning. Yeah. Um, I've asked someone from each neighborhood. Do you know why you guys have a problem? Yeah. Nah, we just don't like but, or nah, we just don't like this. Or I don't even know. Sometimes they might even be honest and be like, I don't even know. It started way back when. Wow. So I think that once young people learn to have their own identity and stop trying to be someone else, because if you're too busy trying to be someone else, who's going to be you? That's it. No one. That's it. So I think that people trying to fit in, they don't have their own identity. They're trying to fit in. And I understand the code of loyalty and brotherhood and everything like that. I get that. But it comes to, they don't know the rules of that. Yeah. Right. Right now, what people think is brotherhood is not brotherhood. They don't know the rules to it. They don't know the value of it. They don't know what it really means. No, don't know none, of it. None, none of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's no real value. When kids and women start getting killed, the value is lost. Yeah. You know? I was watching a video on Facebook about two weeks ago, and maybe a week or so. A man was talking about basically how someone was saying, like, um, he was saying, You're not no real man, or you're not no real nobody to go shoot up someone's house that can have their three year old child or their four year old little sister. You're not real.
3: That's true.
1: If you really have a problem with someone and you feel like, we're no one to take someone's life, but if you feel like your problem is that big, you're gonna be a man about it and you're gonna go see that person. That's true. You're not gonna take, that four year old sitting there looking at TikTok, they had their whole life ahead of them. Yeah. So I was watching the video and it was really, it had a lot of cussing in it. So it was like, I really couldn't share it, but it was a good point. <laughs> it was real. Yeah, Like, that doesn't make you a man because you're not hitting your target. You're hurting their family, nope. you're hurting, that little girl, what did he do? That little boy, he could have been the next president or something. Yeah. So I think that people they don't have the values and the morals and they're living up to something that doesn't even exist. Yeah. They're living up to a street code that doesn't even exist. That's true. That's There's true. no rules in it. That's true. And I think that with all the violence that's going on now, it's sad. It's heartbreaking.
2: Yeah.
1: Um people are killing and beefing with their family members. Hmm. People that First cousins even with first cousins. Double first cousins got problems. And when you watch it unravel, that lets you know people really don't know what loyalty and love is. Because (laughs) how's this happening? So I think that that's really a reasoning of violence in this city. It might not be the proven fact or scientific, but just from what I'm seeing and knowing, identity. No one has their own identity. And I can see maybe the leaders of the crew got their own identity, but no.
0: Everybody else does that, It's
1: right. so many people beefing over. How are you beefing over land you don't even own? Wow.
3: Yeah, that's true. I think
1: that that's that, a good point. That's something, that's something that needs to be. How are you beefing over something that you're winning? Yeah. Or something that you're you're yours. just living in? Yeah,
0: it's not your, even yours. You don't
1: even own this. You don't own this. Wow. So wow. you're killing over, you're killing over Eastside and when you die, all Eastside, Eastside not going to get up out the ground. No. And the little pole or the little street you grew up on, it's not going to come to your funeral. That's true. And your homies that you, you had at that funeral, or you, that you were kicking it with, they're going to come to your funeral. They're going to stay around your mom for a couple months, yep. maybe a couple weeks. Yep. Then after that, they slowly fade, and then they give you two, year, two days out the year. That's your birthday and the day you die. Sometimes you don't even get that. And at that point,
0: then
2: what?
0: Yeah. So you literally gave your life to a, to a group of people who really didn't have your best interests at heart. You know, when you was talking, and you said the loss of identity. That, me th- that made me think about, you know, and one thing that I'm big on is people finding their purpose in life. You know, I think that that's really huge. Um, I I think that we do a poor job of even establishing, you know what I'm saying, our little guys and young girls on establishing or figuring out their purpose. Because if you really think about it, if we try to define what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life, that would get people out of this mindset that, you know, uh, thank God that I'm living another day. You know, like that concept. I, I grew up with that, you know. I grew up on the east side, so I understood exactly what you said. We used to be in, in these interesting... I'm not going to put no, no no names out there, but we used to be in these interesting groups, and literally, like, we would, hate one, we would hate the west side for something that happened at an event that was on the weekend, and most of us probably weren't at that event. Most of us did not even go, but we heard about it, we got worried about it, and we're upset at this side because of what happened there, not even knowing the details. And to me, like that... That is so. It's so misguided, and it does. It leads to a lot of, un. You know, un. It's just messed up. It's really messed up. You know, and it's sad. But I think that going back to what you're saying is, you know, it's all about purpose. How do we define purpose? And that's what you did. You took a situation that you know uh, any person thinking about it with a with natural sense was like, man, you know, I would, I would. I would retaliate. You know, I I think even about how I was listening to, and you say you even, uh, did you, I I don't know if you went and physically talked with the young man, but you've, I know you've forgiven him. Um, And you've, you've, you've had your, you've had a conversation, right? So how did that go? (laughs) Let's, let's talk about that. Then we're going to get more into purpose, but how how did that go? It
1: went great for me. Um, Mm. My, my purpose behind it was, i didn't want him to feel as if i hated him okay um that was number one for me because i felt like everything that god was doing in my life and and is doing now i didn't have room for that
2: yeah
1: i didn't have room for unforgiveness in my heart because if someone can change your mood change how you feel when they walk in the room or their names mentioned their presence bothers you they have control over over you you. and that's not what i wanted for my life you already took my breath you know, God ordained for that to happen. My brother started his time. He did. He started his purpose here. Yeah. So for me, I didn't want to be hindered. And I knew God was doing such a shift in my life. And I never pictured, honestly, was crazy. I never pictured the ASW Foundation expanding to this. Really? Never. Um, when I started, that's not, that's why it's important. Your vision and God's vision, just go with God. Just go with Him, <laughs>
2: right? Because
1: you eyes have not seen, you know, ears haven't heard what God has planned. Like, and it's true. I never pictured it expanding to this. It's just something that I wanted to do in remembrance of my brothers. Giveaway scholarships. Let people know that even if we can't stop the violence, let's try to seize this. Let's try to get these numbers now. Let's try to do something. So for me i just needed him to know i didn't hate him
2: yeah
1: you owe me nothing but you owe god everything yeah because he gave you a second chance you know you don't owe me nothing you owe me nothing but you owe that man upstairs you owe him everything yeah. and when i open my center i want you to come talk to the kids because you owe that. now you owe me that
3: you <laughs> yeah. owe that to me. that's true that's you true. know
1: to come talk to him and justify yeah and when people were like how do you you, you know, people, I'm crazy. Why did you talk to him? But people don't understand that it's not me; it's the God in me. That's true. That did it.
3: That's
1: true. Um, I had to remove my flesh and my feelings because he's out of jail. He's yeah. a free man.
2: Yeah.
1: You don't owe me nothing. Live your life. And I never wanted him to feel like he had to walk around, not saying that he would be, but think about like, man, is they gonna kill somebody from their family, mm-hmm. or is they gonna do this? Mm-mm. I sleep peacefully every night. Wow. Every night, wow. Because at the end of the day, my brother didn't get a second chance. He's at Burroughs Cemetery, but you got a second chance. Yeah.
2: So you know? now you got to do something.
1: You, you, you got to do something with that. You were 15 years old when you had to go to a maximum security prison. I want to know what you're going to do to touch someone else's life so that they don't make the same mistake. Yeah. So that they don't have to learn the same lesson that you made. I'm not trying to. I don't bash him for what he did. Mm -hmm. I don't hate him for what he did because it made me who I am. Wow! It made me who I am. If I would have never went through losing my brother,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I would have never went through trauma. What what story would I have? Yeah. What what purpose? What story? What story would I have? T D. Jakes once said. Where you pay the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice will be the place of your greatest peak in your life. Yeah. That's where your greatest acne, that's where it's going to be, right there. Yeah. Where you paid the highest price and that was the highest price I have ever paid. That's true. And that's why when people see so the rewards of things that I get in life, it's like, how can you question my rewards and things that I go through when losing my brothers, I lost the greatest prizes of my life. That's true lost the greatest prizes. So for me, my mindset and my value of things and how I value things is a lot different from how other people value things. Right. Because I went from two brothers to being the only child. Wow. I went through that. Yeah. I went through that. I went through getting outfits ready for funerals and being a little girl and watching the casting. I went through that. Yeah. You know? I, I seen, literally, they have a meme circulating on Facebook now that you know, the internet's undefeated.
2: Yeah, um, course.
1: where it says I watched the casting close on someone I thought would live forever. And that's true. You yeah. know? And that's how I feel. So when I think of him, I want him to live and I want him to live and I want him to live his purpose.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want him to live his potential and I want him to be him. Yeah. He owes me nothing. He don't owe me nothing.
0: Yeah, he actually owes. He actually owes. I'll tell you this. He actually owes the community. He owes the universe. He owes all of that to to that. Like he has to give his life now to that, so that he could be a. Because he even has a story, you know. Like this guy has an ultimate story, as as you do, um, because he's able to sit on and stand on the other side of the fence, and. You know, there there's a level of reality to all of this is that, you know, what what we do in life, you know, whatever we do in life, there, it has either a negative or positive effect on the world. Um, but we're not we we don't have to allow that to define us. You know, that that doesn't have to be the definition uh, at the end of the day. It could be something completely different based off of what we want to do in life to change that. But we have to be willing so, okay say sit down and say okay I messed up I effed up it was huge but I'm ready to make a change and I think that's what this young he this this dude he has this opportunity and i I respect you so much for even being in a position where you want him to grow you know because people in a situation like i hope I hope you I've heard this before. I hope you ride in hell i you know these they say these things and 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 because they're hurt by the way, there's no there's no um um justification of me downing them because I don't I've never been in that situation. They're hurting everything like that, but being in being in a situation where you're able to say, you know what, young dude, you made a lot of mistakes, man. But but take this and run with this. And that leads me to this. You started a youth center. You started a youth center so that you can basically T- just tell me why. Like, why did you start the youth center? I know there's, there's connections, obviously, to what you're doing, your purpose, but why did you start your youth center?
1: Because when my brother was younger than we lived in Gary on 2nd Avenue, yeah. my brother would go to the Boys and Girls Club. So that was like their safe haven, of a place to go. Yeah. You would play basketball. You know, they had coaches that cared. My brother had a coach, Coach Reggie. Coach Reggie would pick all the kids up to go play basketball, to play the sports, things like that. And that's what young people in my my brother's community, where we grew up at, that's what they needed. Right? And nowadays, that same energy is not not here anymore. You know, adults don't want to put that much time into other people's children anymore. So when I think of opening a youth center and, And doing things like that, it was something where I felt like young people needed something to believe in. I feel like in Gary, so many young people, it's so much potential, but they don't have someone to believe in. Either their mother's working 12-hour shifts, grandma has to raise them. They raising either the 16-year-old sister taking care of the 8-year-old little brother making sure he get on the bus stop in the morning. So she got to make sure her schoolwork done. Then when she get home, she got to make sure her brother... It was a lot of different things that i I seen and I got to witness through going to different Gary schools and even seeing the young people that maybe played on sports teams as my cousins. Um, After games, they don't have anybody to take them home. Um, They don't have anybody to get them Gatorade at the game, things like that, that made me feel like, you know what? Something's needed for these kids to have a safe haven. They need somewhere to come where they feel like they can be a kid. I had a young man, I spoke at Bailey Middle School, and I asked him, he said, I need a job. I said, you're 13, why do you need a job? You know, when well, you live, you know, you live with your parents? He said, yeah, I live with my parents, but I got to survive. They got to take care of my other siblings, mm-hmm. right? So when you think of before calling a kid bad or challenged or anything, these kids leave school at 3 o'clock. And when they leave school at 3 o'clock, they have to be their own parents. So from 3 o'clock, they have to be their own parent, and then you want them to come back to school the next morning and turn their mold off. But they probably had to get up, get their stuff ready, boil water so that the water could be hot, get their siblings ready. But then you want them to come and listen to you, but they, they don't know how to turn that off. So I wanted to build something where young people could have a safe haven, but they also could learn how to survive in today's society, how they can see outside of Gary, Indiana. So many young people haven't even seen what Chicago looks like from Gary. So I wanted to build something where, hey, let me tell you something different. Let me tell you social development. That's one of the programs we'll have there. How to socially be able to interact with other people. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Let's let's see how we can get you to, to interact with this person and how we can get you to interact with this group of people being diverse. Diversity is not taught in the city of Gary. I don't feel like it. I haven't saw it. Yeah. You know, we're so used to seeing each other.
2: Yeah.
1: If we don't see each other, we see Hispanics. We, see, we don't see anything outside of the box in Gary. So mm. I wanted to bring an out-of-the-box experience to the city of Gary for young people so that when they rise up, they're like, hey, when I go out, I know what a steak knife is. I know what a salad knife is. Mm. I know what a, you know, things like that.
3: That they're not that learning back at home.
1: To, that they're not learning back at home. And it's no shame on their parents because I I was raised by a single mother. I understand. Yeah. You work a twelve hour shift, baby all I wanna do is give you your dinner. And go to bed. I'm gonna check the mail. I know it's gonna be some bills in the mail. Yeah. You know. then you got this list of stuff you need for school. So I just wanted to have something where kids get to like kids. Even if you just there for an hour, I want you to have an hour of fun where you don't have to worry about Am I gonna be
0: able to eat? Am I gonna be able to do this? Am I gonna be able to do that? I wanted to have something where the kids could lose. Yeah, a- oasis for kids, basically. Yes. Yeah, I, you know, I do a lot of research on the the, the understanding because, like, for me, like even why I got into this like Podcasting thing, why I decided to do this platform, this awareness piece, is because I wanted to understand why Gary went through the transformation it did. Like I know you hear this all the time, but your I know your parents taught to you about, or at least your grandparents told you about the the Renaissance of Gary. The the they say Gary in his heyday, right? And you hear it all the time. And they, like, child, baby, let me tell you about when Gary, <laughs> when Gary, we used to be booming, right? Yeah, right, right. So I I had to understand like why why what happened, you know, like what took place. And one thing that was, was, was uh, 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 what was the word? One thing that really triggered a lot of things that happened in the city was literally people didn't have a place where their children can go. And so therefore their children had no other alternative, alternative but the streets. And that literally has been something that has been hurting our youth. It's been literally, uh, so. It's, you know, I think about this too, even like for me, if we didn't have a park across the street that I can go to every single day. Man, it would it would be worse for me, honestly, it would be worse for me because it's just that no, no outlet. And I, look at, a lot to say that. And I look at it does. But I look at very successful communities and what the, the, the amenities that they have. They have like if you really study communities, they have places where they get senior where you can see your kids, your kids go to swimming. Your sit, kids can go do uh, do uh, dancing. There's art, cult, uh, art cultural and music cultural uh, centers. Um, there's all t- types of places where people, like kids, excuse me, can go after like school program, after school programs with different things like that. Because, like you said, if if you're a single parent and you're working twelve hours majority of that time you're trying to get your kid into school right and then after that your hope to god that they can get into something that at least give them an hour or two so that you won't miss too much of their time after outside of you know school and so i think what you're doing there is 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 really great you're providing a, a a a what's the word you're providing a a resolution to a problem You know, um, now, now tell me how hard, how hard has it been, especially, you know, with, you know, building nonprofit, doing all these endeavors. Let's let's talk about because I I don't think true people where we're from understand the, the concept of entrepreneurship, executive directors, CEOs. I don't think we really fully understand the hard work that goes into what we do day in and day out so let's talk about that you know there, there's two sides to this this is why this podcast is so dope yo because literally it's, it's two sides to the coin so tell, talk to me how hard and 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 how of a <laughs> i'm
1: not gonna say it's hard
0: okay
1: okay um i don't think anything is hard you just have to have the mind power you have yeah. what your mind is for. So we often say this hard, this this hard because that's just a word that we was was taught in school to yep. to explain something that that was more challenging than what we probably want to put our minds to. So I'm not gonna say that it's hard. I can say every day it's a new challenge, it's a new leap, and it's a new mountain. Okay. Now with having a new challenge, a new leap, a new mountain, either you can ask God to to help you move that mountain, yeah, or you can say for you to learn that lesson, God helped me to climb that mountain to get over it. So mm-hmm. I can get the lesson, but just get me over that
2: mountain.
1: Yeah, And I think that that's where I am. I don't want him to keep moving them. I just want him to help me climb. Okay. So that I can still get the lesson in it. Because if it costs me nothing, what does it mean to God?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If I pay nothing for it, how is it valuable? Mm-hmm. Um, Bishop T.D. Jakes talks about all the time, stop taking the short out of me. Mm-hmm. Stop looking for shortcuts. In
2: mm-hmm.
1: me, I can say at one point I was the queen of shortcuts.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I
1: wanted to, okay, let me do this but let me get around it this way. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to get around it. I want to see all of it because I don't want to have to go back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And yeah. go through the same hurdle again.
2: Yeah.
1: I just want to be able to, let me just get this lesson right now but let me climb over my lesson. Wow. So I think that it's, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. I have days where it's like, boom. But I just say, God, bless me and mm-hmm. give me the strength to go through this another day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and with with building a nonprofit, though, I mean, like, well, tell me what challenges. You you don't want to use the word hard, but let's talk about the challenges with building a nonprofit. Board members. Mm. Board
1: members, um yeah, board members, finding the right people that actually care. Mm. And and a lot of times people's visions are not your vision. Mm. So finding people, you never want anyone's vision to be yours, but you want people to to see some some type of value. Mm-hmm in what you're doing. So finding people that care about what you what you're trying to do
2: mm-hmm.
1: and see some growth in what you're doing and can add value to it. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I'm that's what I'm working on now. I want people who can believe in my dreams like Coretta.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want people who can see what I'm doing and be like Boom, let me. Okay, I can add to it like this. Mm-hmm. Or I need people that can care for kids. I don't want anyone that's going to tell them kids bad. I want that. Yeah. I want somebody that can full fledged care about these kids because if we don't care for them now, who will?
2: hmm hmm
3: That's a good one. That's a good one.
1: Like who will? So I building a nonprofit. Your budget. Hmm. Uh, making sure you stick to your budget, making sure you got board members abide by bylaws, things like that. Really, I mean, it's not challenging. It's just like when you were a kid, you, you have to pay attention to the parents. You have to listen to your parents. So mm-hmm. just utilizing and going through that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those are the biggest challenges you, you're you having right now is just board members, huh? Trying, yeah. to, trying to get them on the same page. you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can I can almost imagine how um, hard that it will be, um, especially trying to share that vision, even though your vision is kind of universal as far as, you know, within our city, uh, stopping, uh, stopping the violence. Right. And to get to that, like, um, you know, what initiatives do you have planned for the future as far as, you know, stopping violence? I know you say you're you're doing what you're doing with your uh, center, your youth center. Uh, and I know you're sharing your story, but like, what are some of the initiatives that maybe we don't see every day that you're helping to stop stop the violence?
1: Coming up with a peaceful, not a peaceful treaty, but just bringing each side together. So one thing about me being me, not picking sides. Every neighborhood, someone in that neighborhood, look. Someone in that neighborhood has a high respect for me. So building something and coming up with something where well, we all sit at the table. Right? Because united we stand. When we stand united, we're we good. Yeah. But when we're not united, we fall.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're divided. We can't keep wanting them to build up our communities, but we keep killing each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We got to value our lives first. No one can value our lives, until so we value our lives. Mm-hmm. So I think that Possibly pulling the neighborhood leaders together hmm. and seeing. Okay. Do you even know why y'all have a problem? <laughs> Do you know why? No, this is going on. Mm-hmm. Do you know why that's going on? Do you know why? And more than likely they're gonna be like,
0: No, not really.
1: No. Nope. Or more than likely they're gonna say he killed my homie back in two thousand five. Or he did this. How many years ago? 15.
0: Oh, okay. So you know, how, how do you get those guys in the room? Like, what do you, like, I mean, do you know I mean? If not, we could talk about it. But how do you? How do we get them in the room?
1: Yeah, how do we get them in the room? Piece by piece. You don't just put them the You
0: don't just <laughs> That's true. You can't just throw them all in the room. That's true. You
1: just don't put them in the room. Right, right. Maybe meet with, but this is, this is the part though. East side is beefing with East side. Mm. That's where it really gets sketchy when the same side is beefing with the same side. This is how I really know. No one knows this point. So maybe pulling everybody this side into one room, this side into another. You know, pulling everybody piece by piece. Now I'm not going to say it, it's going to work. I'm going to say Nipsey did it. Facts.
3: In Thanks.
1: his city. That's true, and I I don't think no one gets rougher than the Crips and the Bloods out there in California. Than what they're doing, yeah, yeah, because
0: they doing. So I for think real. that
1: is you got it's it's about mature. I think that the maturity you got to be on another another level for something like that. Yeah. Honestly, I think that people' morals, their values, is not here. They'll rather go buy their kids in Jordan than instead of making sure that they have a life insurance problem.
3: That's true. You that's know that's true. That's true. So I
1: think that when the morals and the values of things get there, then maybe
2: yeah,
1: we can have a mature adult conversation. Because maybe if they see like stop killing each other, the money you use is for these guns we're going to be buying property or something. Yep, yep. Um, Talk your stuff. So I think that once people reevaluate that, then maybe that'll work. Hmm.
0: hmm. That's a good point. You know. Um, getting those people in the room I think about you know talking on one side versus talking to the other side you know that, that is something that I think we could do you know what I'm saying we could start a campaign you know and and and, and you know just, just have a conversation because I don't think it's just one group or one person doing it I think it's like when it's like let's say like there's five to ten people right that actually care and when they organize and get in the room and hey you know, because like, for example, I could see somebody asking a question like this because I understand it. I understand that world. Um, so if we're not able to, you know, do that, not able, but if it's not a good idea to do whatever we're doing within our organizations, our groups, then how will we make money legally? Then we need somebody in the room that's an entrepreneur. We need somebody in the room that understand these things that can give them advice because that's all people really need is advice. You know, people will stop. Like, think about it if you wanted to build your credit, right? A lot of times you just don't build your credit because you don't know how to build your credit. But once you get around people that know how to build your credit or you're able to talk to somebody, then they're like, all right, cool. Like, I know to go to this person for advice and they can help me. So, similar to that, you know, if we're able to get people in a room, like, hey, these are the people that are passionate about, you know, solving these problems, solving these issues. Because it's out of control. It is. It really is. Like, even... What was the situation? Was recently? Well, not too. It wasn't too too long ago, but it was a situation where the young guy was selling his Xbox, uh, his, uh, his yeah Xbox or whatever, and end up getting killed just for make trying to make a, a transaction like that. To me, like if the thought leaders in the room or in the thought leaders overall are saying, "Hey, young bulls, like we can't do that. That that wasn't cool." Then that 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 has some type of effect. But if nobody's doing that, you know what I'm saying? Then we we losing them you know what I mean we we not we not effective so I mean maybe maybe we 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 make an initiative maybe we make a campaign I don't know we'll we'll talk about that we can talk about that that. but yeah so like (laughs) but yeah man this has been great you know um you know where where can people find you you know if you're if they want to connect with you if they want to uh uh, 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 give to your nonprofit uh, and 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 help you with your initiative. How how are they able to get in contact with you?
1: Well, you can go to our website I am Iamthem.org, dot org i a m t h e m dot org. I am them means I am my youth, letting them know no matter what you go through or where you come from, you have potential. You can visit our Instagram, which is hope underscore a s w. Our Facebook, which is hope a s w. Um, My personal website is AaliyahStewart.com. If you visit IamThem.org, you can click the Donate Now button. All donations are tax-deductible. Oh, yeah. how you keep up with us.
0: Dope, dope. And did you mention your social media?
1: My social media, Instagram, Hope underscore ASW, Facebook, Hope ASW.
0: Boom, there she is. Aaliyah Stewart. Thank you for being on the podcast. This has been Thank you for a having me. delightful conversation. I do look forward to uh either hearing about your story next in a book. Um uh, <laughs> uh you know, we gotta always push each other. Like you know i
1: no, no, I like how you tried to slide that in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was about to tell you that I pray that God continues to bless your business, and, you know, that manifests into something big and the podcast touches so many people, and then you wanna throw this out there, you want to throw me under the bus uh-huh, like
0: that. Uh-huh. Uh With a book? With a book. That's your next, that's, you gotta, look, I, I, look, you gotta, we gotta be pushing each other forward, you know what I mean? So I I expect to read your story and everything you're doing probably in the next couple years in a book, you know, says selling number one book across the world, number one book, New York seller, selling across the world, doing amazing numbers. That's how I see it.
1: I'm going to receive that
0: message,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> you going to help me write the book. I'm not good at that.
0: I'm bad? not good at that stuff, but, but uh, I can, not, you I can plug you. I can plug you. I can plug you with the right people that know how to get you. <laughs> oh, wow. Get you there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, this has been another episode of Just a Kid from Gary. Y'all, y'all been talking to Aaliyah Stewart. My name is Joshua Sims, your host, and I am out. Peace.